Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. This should be your daily prayer that you want to know Christ more and more. The job of the church is to specialize in introducing Christ and building up the knowledge of Christ in the hearts of people. What is church life which doesn't grow Christ? It's not church life, it's community life. What makes the church different from any community or any gathering, any organization is the Christ. You are not in church until Christ is in you. It's a Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is Christ in you. Colossians 1 27. The mystery of God amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And every Christian must strive, must strive, don't strive for anointing. There should be something that overrides the drive of your life. You, you can look at fornication opportunity and he said there's something that is bigger as a desire in your heart than this opportunity. You can look at lucrative money making opportunities but he said no. I will say no to this. Because Moses in Hebrews chapter in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 Bible says that he he preferred, he refused, verse 24, 25, 20. He refused to be called by faith. Moses, when he was of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses had the privilege. He was just, he was raised as a prince. So everybody knew that this is the future Pharaoh. And Bible said, by faith, he refused. He said refused. refused. Do you understand what that means? He, he, he said, I don't, I don't want it. And he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Some of you ladies must refuse to be going out with some people. Some of you guys must refuse to be, oh, they say, oh, you'll be a gang leader, or you drive BMW, one series with black alloy wheel, if you do this deal. <laughs> yeah. You'll be wearing all kinds of trainers, Balenciaga them, so you wear all of them. You must refuse. I want to throw a challenge to you. You are claiming to be a serial Christian. What have you refused? Yeah. What have you refused? And you are making noise about Christianity. You can sing and so what? You can play instruments and so what? You can shout and you can dance and so what? What have you refused? Don't make noise about how much church you are attended until you show me what you have refused for Christ. For the sake of Christ, you must refuse a certain relationship with that girl. Refuse that relationship with that boy. I mean, you choose to walk away from that situation because, not because you just want to refuse for the sake of refusing, but because for the sake of Christ. He said Moses did it by faith. His faith was in God. He refused. Some of us, God will give you an exclusive privilege to refuse something so he can count you in. Until you refuse some things, you are not yet properly in. 
stop blaming Adam and tell us what you have refused. Put a price on your relationship with Christ and refuse some things. I don't know who I'm talking to. Refuse some things. Listen, your Christian confidence and your boast in Christ should be what should be also attached to what you've been able to refuse. You refuse this thing because of Christ. You refuse this offer. You refuse this behavior. You refuse because of Christ. You refuse to still carry bitterness against somebody. Bitterness against your father. The pain is there, but you chose that I won't keep it against him. I won't keep it against her. I won't keep it against my mom. I won't, what this person did to me, he hurts me, but I, I choose to forgive him. I choose to forgive. I choose. It's not about feelings. It's about choice. Moses didn't choose because he was feeling there's nothing in Egypt again. Some of us, you wait. You are waiting for the guy to break your heart before you say, now nah, I've let him go. No, you didn't let him go. He jumped out. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you found out that he, has, he was cheating on you. Some of you, you, you are cheating on Christ. You are cheating on Christ. You. You. I want to challenge somebody. Let's get serious. I want to challenge somebody. Really, to be a genuine Christian, it's also about what you have refused. Yes, you. What you have refused. You must be able to boast. (laughs) Paul said, forbid it it that I should boast. Galatians, Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. At this. Huh. Let's read Allah from you. Know, you know, I like when you read Allah. Let's go. Give me the version that says boost. Nikki James. Let's read it. Out. Let's go. should boast in something, God forbid that you boast about how, how nice my hair is, how nice my hips are. I should boast in how much results I get in my exam, how, how, where I live, what car I, I, I drive, how much money I have in my account. All those things are kind of nice. That's what people, generally, people normally will boast in. But he said, God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross, what I have suffered for Christ is what I will boast in. Except in the cross of Christ, our Lord Jesus, by whom the world is crucified to and I'm even also crucified to the world. That's what, you, how, how dead are you to the world? How crucified are you to the world? That should be your point of reference of boasting as a Christian. Tell those singers, they shouldn't boast about how their, their voice is nice. They shouldn't boast about what they can play. Please, in church, a point of reference for boosting is how much we have suffered for Christ. How much you have suffered for Christ. How much you have suffered for Christ. What have you walked away from for Christ? It's a question. Until you answer that question effectively, I think you should bow your head and know Christ doesn't owe you a reward. Some things must stop. 
Some things must stop and they won't stop by themselves until you choose to stop them because you have refused to go this direction. Some of us can lie and lie and lie and lie and lie till you lie down. <laughs> yeah. And fakeness. What I don't understand is people who are in a choir and they are living double lives. Listen, let me tell you, it's not only choir, but let me tell you, church workers, let me tell you the impact will be on you. The, the, the sheep said, I want to spoil the wall of my master's house using my skin to scratch it. At the end of the day, the wall will not be bad. You suffer the wounds. I'm saying some, what do I mean? There are people, listen, I've been a Christian for a little bit. A little bit. If you, this thing, if you don't do it well, your Sir, even if you are not found out, your, your results, the results, after a while, you will see others you started with are ahead of you. It can be in ministry, it can be in industry, it can be in academia, it can be in family life, it can be in marriage life, but the key things of life where blessings manifest, you will see that you have been left behind. You've been like, you say, oh, these people, we are all together. You are, sometimes 20 years later, sometimes 15 years from now, you realize that you were playing with your life, but you thought you were being smart. Wow. Thought you were being smart. Thought you were being smart. You can grab, grab a girl and marry her, or grab a guy and marry him, but you can't guarantee good marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then those who are doing it right, they say, oh, he is married. And sometimes you feel like you have been left behind. Hey! You can't be left behind when you are working with God. No one is ahead of God now. No one is higher than God. Is he not the most high? He is the most high. Then there's nothing higher than him. So no one is going higher above you once you are working with God. Because when you are working with God, he said he will cause me to walk in my high place. The Lord will make me walk in my high places. Yeah. 319. Yeah. Habakkuk. My strength. He will make my hands like a fish and he will make me to walk in my high places. He said, I don't I won't make myself walk. God will make me walk. Listen, the way I'm the reason I'm this passionate is this how I've lived my life. Before you admire my opportunities in life, please get my the story behind my life. The story behind my life is walking away from things, refusing because of the, for the sake of Christ. There are people who I, I refuse to hold grudges against because of Christ. There are people who I refuse to, 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 to be bitter against because of Christ. Yeah. I refuse. There are people who I just humble myself. I allow them to walk over me because if I react, it will affect the Christ and the church. So I allowed them for the sake of the church, for the sake of Christ, for the sake of Christ. And Bible says that the God who sees in secret, he will reward you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, he said, and God who sees in secret will reward you openly. He will reward you. How does God reward? Openly. So do you know what that means? When you are doing it, people won't see it. But when God rewards you, people will see it. And they will think it's because you did ABC. You see, the secret behind the covenant promotion, people normally don't see. You have to tell them. 
So, the God, yeah, there are things you will be doing privately. If, let's say, if I, I take some medication to keep me high and I come here, and you will know, you will know maybe, maybe I'm on some, I've been taking some tablets or steroids or whatever, and it keeps me high. You wouldn't know, um, apart from my behavior, that you might suspect. But if you never know me, you think it's normal. It's, it's normal. So, and even if you say my behavior is not the same, you might think, wonder and guessing, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Because you don't actually know what is responsible for this result I'm generating. So he says that, because, why? because I've been doing it secretly. When you see a woman who is pregnant, you never know the exact date. So sometimes when mothers find out that their daughters are pregnant, they get, when, when did this happen? How? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. How? And there are even girls who don't know when it happened. So that's why they don't know whether it's Leroy or Johnny or Tunde or Baba, Baba Lola. Because <laughs> sometimes they themselves are confused. Listen, this Jesus didn't do it too. Because your life will be full of drama if you don't do it. Your life will already look at your age and look at the drama in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to. Look at the drama and the concerts in your life. At this age, so much drama. And yet, you are not doing Christ. And you think you are smart. No, you are not. No, you are not. No, you are not. I know you are saying yes, I am, but I'm telling you, no, you are not. You say yes, I am. I say no, you are not. Yes, I am. But no, no, you are not. Yes, I am. No, 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 you are not. Prove it by your works. Some of you ladies, this Christ thing, do it all. Shabby, do it. Do it. Do it. But on a more serious note, You are not a Christian if you haven't refused something. It starts first by refusing to be in the world. You can't choose Christ until you reject the devil. You refuse the pleasures of the enemy. That's why. So those who say they are Christians, because my mother is a Christian. Your mother is a Christian. Does that make you a Christian? Your mother is a woman. Does that make you a woman? don't you, since your mother is a, a lawyer, why don't you start legal practice, you two? They don't use that. Listen, don't confuse Christianity with other religions. Many other religions, you can be born one. Christianity is the only religion you cannot inherit. You don't inherit Christianity. You have to be born again. So for those of you who have inherited Christianity and you haven't been born in the spirit, you are actually a political Christian, a nominal Christian, Christian by paper, but Christian, you are not one of God's children. Because as many as believed in, as many as received, he gave them the, John chapter 1 verse 12 and 13, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. And so until as many, if you have not received Christ and you have not given, you have not come into, you have not believed in his name, you, you are not the child of God. You are still the child of the devil. And you have inherited the devil's nature. How do you say that? Especially, see, I'm about to say something. Wait, 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 wait. You don't know what I'm about to say. It's, it's kind of an interesting one. 
it's very interesting point I'm about to I'll say that and then run this and then go back to Moses. But are you ready for this? The devil, the, his first appearance in, on record, he appeared as what? A serpent. And he injected the serpent nature into man. So Jesus said, brood of vipers. John the Baptist called the, his audience who have not come to God. Said, you, in fact, Jesus said, a generation of snakes. Hey! Yeah. A generation of snakes. A, a, a generation of serpents. John the Baptist said, brood of vipers. Why are you calling human beings serpents? Why didn't you call them dogs? Well, because of what this point is trying to make. Because every human being has the nature of the serpent until you are born again. Well, what, what does it change? Because Jesus Christ also came like a fake serpent. Yeah. I've touched this a few times. The serpent without the venom. So he says that as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever, that's before John 3.16. Those of you who only know John 3.16, I think it would be good you just know a verse or two before John 3.16. It, it speaks volumes. John 3.15 is even very powerful. It says, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but so Jesus Christ the way Moses verse 14 the way Moses was raised uh, Moses raised lifted the serpent in the wilderness so must the son of man be also be lifted so he went on the cross just like the serpent because of the human nature that's why he took on flesh the flesh he took on he had the flesh without the sin the serpent without the venom I've been teaching this always. Come beating. Romans 8.3 is a very hot scripture. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the fresh flesh. God did. Say God did. How did he do it? By sending his son. What? How? How did he send his son? How did he send his son? So he sent in the likeness of sinful flesh. So when you see him, he's just like a sinful flesh. Yet without the sin. So when you see him, he looked like the nature of the serpent that we have all inherited. But he didn't have the venom of the serpent. That is why he was raised to the cross. And so I explained to you, when he went to the cross, he took that serpent nature and took it to the cross and nailed it to the cross. So then those of us, when we come into Christ, the nature of that serpent is crushed by the cross. Watch this. God forbid that I should boast. Save in what? The cross. That is what crushes the nature of the serpent in me. The cross. That's why Christians rejoice in the cross. It's not just the symbol that we are rejoicing in, but we are rejoicing. What the cross does for us. The Bible says that he... he Blotted out Colossians. Is it Colossians 2.14? He blotted out the handwriting of ordinance that were against us. What? Look at 13. Look at 13. Oh! You being dead in your trespasses. In the uncircumcision of your flesh. Has it quickened together with him having forgiven? You see, if you are a genuine Christian, anytime you see this statement, your heart will leap for joy. This one. Only Christians can boast of this. Woo! 
But the good news is, Christ has forgiven us all. The ones, including the ones people don't know you have done. But he does. Including the one they know and they will find out soon and bring you under. God has forgiven you. God forgives how many sins? Pastor, are you sure? Pastor, you don't know about a murder I've committed. The one who you killed is the one I feel sorry for because if he wasn't born again, he would go to hell and the killer will go to heaven. Not for killing, but for repenting. God, God forgives all sins. Maybe the law might not forgive you, but God will forgive you. There are people who are in prison who are going to heaven. In fact, Jesus proved it to us. One prisoner on the cross, he said, come on, let's go because you believe. Let's go. Yeah. So, forgiveness of sins belongs to everybody. Those who have done bad things and know those who have not done any bad thing. If you haven't done any bad thing, you even need forgiveness of sins as much as the one who has done bad things. Because the sin nature, the nature of the serpent is what must be crushed. It's the nature of the... In, in heaven, in hell, there will be a lot of good people in hell. Good people. Very good. They are like Madame Teresa. Good. They're helping humanity, but they never gave their life to Christ. They never were in Christ. They will still go to hell. And former criminals, gangsters, murderers, Serial killers, if they give their lives to Christ, last minute, they'll be in heaven. The difference between me and that person who is getting to heaven last minute is the rewards. Because I came in and I've served. So when I'm getting to heaven, I have a reward. You have not served. You are in heaven. We are not at the same level, brother. We are not at the same level. He said... Behold, Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. I come quickly. My reward is with me to give to everyone according to your, according to. So it's your works. What work have you done? So if you born, get born again last minute or a month before you die and go to heaven, you can't compare yourself to me. Me who have been serving in church for 30 years and more. My reward because he says that for for be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding. In, oh, come on, come on. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. He said, Be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the labor of the Lord, Ab- always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, there's nothing you do for God which will be in vain, unless God does not exist. But if God does, I don't know why, say, this is even the argument. I don't know why someone will be doing church. You are coming to church, but you are not serving in church. Do you believe that God rewards? So why don't you go for the reward of God? Why don't you also, at least if God will reward some people, why don't you add yourself to those who, it's like uh, 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 graduation day. At least add yourself to those, even if you will not get an award. At least your certificate, you must go to the church. You should shake your hands and give you a certificate. Because we have all done this four-year course. At least. The least. Even if you don't get the, uh, the top first class, at least the low class, you must still even receive some certificate. 
And then if you are not receiving awards, those who are the best student of the year, the best whatever, the best behave, and best that, and best this, let them receive it. I think you should add yourself to that can too. But if you are not serious and you, add, you don't want to add yourself to what we have added ourselves to, I'm, I'm sure I will get one of the best, the best, the best behaved preacher in London in my time. <laughs> The, the, the most fire yeah. Je- wait, 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 wait the most Jesus loving sacri- sacrificing pastor in London yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure that when they are giving the one who loves Jesus most the pastors that love Jesus most in this generation my name will be one of our, the best, the top because everyone will receive the award but I want to receive a bigger one so that means I have to be at it. Be, some of you, you have to target to receive a bigger award than me. Because you see, you see, the truth is that some of you, you haven't been born again long enough. And you are talking to me who is born again about 33 years now. And you want to get more reward than me. But it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. If you can be dedicated like and more like I am, then it's possible. It's possible. But you must be ready. To refuse certain things. Refuse some things. Refuse some things. Refuse some things. You know what? I, I feel like preaching. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to know God forgives your sins. Thank you, Jesus. Your sins can be forgiven. Don't let any saint or devil make you feel so bad as though your sins can never be forgiven. God's speciality, mm. the reason why Christ came, yeah. is so God can forgive sins. That's right. So it doesn't matter what you have done. Mm. I stand here on the account of the blood of Jesus mm. and announce to you that sin can be forgiven. Let anyone, let them compare themselves to you. They say, as for me, I've never done anything bad. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care about it. He said, we all as sheep have gone astray. We all. Isaiah chapter 53. We all as sheep have gone astray. Yeah. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him. What? The bad that we have all done. If laid it upon him. When the government says that all loans, all student loans are being cancelled, anyone who owes. Yeah. So, can you imagine? When they say all, say all. all. That means that the one who only did two years, the loan has for, is cancelled. Two years loan. So, 9,000 times two. How much is the uni? It's forgiven. And the one who did seven years of medical school. Seven years, so nine times seven. You don't know. 63,000 pounds is forgiven as equally as the one, 18, the one who is owing 18,000 pounds. Because he said he's forgiving all loans. Including the one who tried to do medical school and failed three times. So now he's owing, she's owing, she has done medical school for 10 years instead of three years. So it's, it's important to understand I'm about to say the thing again. It doesn't leave me alone. God forgives sin. When Jesus came on earth, they brought a man who couldn't walk. Mark chapter 2. 
paralyzed. And they put him before him. And then Jesus saw them. He says that, son, your sins are forgiven. Then the experts who understand the law and they understand Moses. They understand Moses. You know Moses. Certain of the scribes. You know who a scribe is? They are the professors who, who, who write out what Moses has written. You, to be a scribe in the times of uh, Jesus or the Jewish, you must be like top, 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 top professor. You, you must be good at it. So they knew it. Then the scribes said, they started reasoning in their hearts. What was the reasoning? They are contemplating. This is, this is even blasphemy. Why does this man speak blasphemies? This, what? How can this man say this? Who can forgive sins? Who can forgive sins but God? And this man is sitting before people and looks at a man and tells him, son, your sins are forgiven. Ah! That's the kind of Jesus we are dealing with. He even was able to forgive sins before he died for sins. So he looked at the man and he said, so you can, which one is easy? To say sins are forgiven. That's easier. But when I say rise up and walk, it doesn't rise up. It's more. So for your sake, I'll say the harder one. Hey, rise up, get up and, and walk. walk. Wow. So that you can know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive. Uh, see, 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 see. But that ye may know that the son of man got power on earth to forgive sins. He said, he said to the sake of the passage, arise, say to thee, arise, take up thy might, thy might and go thy way. I have, he said, I have power to Ephesians to Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. Beautiful text. In him we have redemption. Kai. In whom we have redemption. Through the blood. Say the blood. The blood. The blood. blood. Say the blood. blood. Through the blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I think I need you to do uh, do favor to your destiny. Look, it might be your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend or your enemy or someone who knows you well. doesn't matter. But look at the band sitting next to you and tell the person, my sins are forgiven. Yeah. My sins are forgiven. Some of you see, you can't say it. 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 My sins are forgiven. So Colossians chapter 2 verse 13, he says that he, quickly, and you being dead in your, your, your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Now look at that. So it's not just forgiveness he gave you, but look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. And blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. There are things in the spirit that has been signed against you. There are handwritings in the spirit. It's signed against anybody from your kind of background. And some of us, the kind of things that have happened in our life, there is something that is speaking against you. And it's a handwriting. It is written. But when it died for our sins and forgave us our sins. Bible said he took a big eraser and blotted it out. He blotted it out. He blotted it out. Shout hallelujah. Shout my 
sins are forgiven. Sit down, let me show you something. He, 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 he took, he himself, he wiped out the things that are written against you. So, do you know, in John chapter 8, when they brought the woman caught in adultery, I'm always talking about this. When they brought the woman caught in adultery, Bible says, they said, Moses in the law said, this woman was caught in adultery and they added, in the very act. Yeah, they were watching. They, they said, oh. Say, hey, this lady, look at her legs, the way she's twitching. Hey, hey. They actually enjoy talking about it. The very act. And he said, Moses in the law said that such a person should be stoned. What do you say? Look at what Jesus did. But Jesus stooped down. It feels like I feel so ashamed of you guys, your behavior. The way you are even excited talking about other people's sins. Hmm. Meanwhile, you, you think that you have been doing. You are so busy getting so excited and animated about things that others have been caught doing wrong. So Jesus bowed his head. He stooped down. He stooped down. And with his finger. Just the finger that wrote the Ten Commandments. This time not on stone. He wrote on the ground. Why did he write in the ground? Because you won't have a record of it after a few days. Wow. The wind will just blow it away. Because he, he came to forgive. He didn't come to condemn. Bible said he came to save the world, that the world through him might be saved. In fact, this is how 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, I like that text so much, that God was in Christ. What was he doing in Christ? Reconciling the world to himself. Not, did you see that? Not imputing, not imputing their sins, their mistakes, their trespasses. God said, let's say you, you are Christ. Put the book aside. And God was in, inside Christ, pulling the world to himself. And when he comes, come, he does not imp, impute the bad things you have done. He doesn't impute it against you. Take off your jackets, please. So, that, put it on your shoulders again. God was in Christ. So you see Christ, but it's God who is in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. By that, let's say he doesn't like the black. So you, that's your trespass. When you come, he doesn't count it against you. You take it. He doesn't count it against you. That's what God is doing. So I don't know why you won't come to Jesus. If it's forgiveness of sins you need, if that's what you want, please, the only place is Christ. That's why, that's why, don't waste your time going to a church where Christ is not projected. Mary can't give it to you. Dead saints, they should have been alive. They can't give it to you. Priests and pastors can't give it to you. Deliverance minister can't give it to you. Your nightmares and your sleeplessness is sin that is making it happen. So instead of chasing deliverance, chase Christ. Chase Christ. Chase Christ. He said, he wrote in the sand and he told them, now he lifted, they pushed pressure on him. They were making the pressure worse. So he lifted his eyes and he asked them, he said, any of you who is without a sin, let him be the first. Just throw the first stone. The rest can do it. None of them could do it. They all walk away from the top to the bottom. And then after a while, he raised his head again. Only the woman was standing. He asked the lady, where are your accusers? 
That's a good question. When you come into Christ, there's a question he will ask you. After you are in Christ, he will say, where are your accusers? What does that mean? Nobody's accusation can ever remain valid in the sight of God when you are in Christ. So, you know what? Your ex, one of these days, will come to church. Still, you are usher. Still usher him. Because he will give his life to Christ and your accusation against him will never hold water before God. In spite of what he did. I'm not saying go back to him or go back to her. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what anyone has done against you. If they come to Christ, Christ has guaranteed total 100% forgiveness of sins to anybody who comes to him. That's why we are all here. Stop pointing fingers at people. Who are you to think someone doesn't deserve forgiveness of sins? Excuse me. You, you have the unmitigated audacity to determine who can, whose sins can be forgiven. You, you have an exaggerated opinion of yourselves in righteousness. You are self-righteous. That's why you think someone doesn't deserve the attention of God. The only one who can condemn, as I told you, is Jesus. He's the only one who can condemn. And yet, Bible said he rather, Romans chapter 8, verse 34, he's rather, he's on the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Who is he that condemned it? Is it, is it, 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 it is Christ that died. He rather, and yet, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of, uh, right hand of God, who also make it inter, instead of condemning you, he's rather say, God, forgive this one. Forgive this one. Forgive this one. Forgive this one. So now, back to where I started from as I ran up. He blotted out Colossians. Blotted out. Hey. That's so nice. Uh, Say, after he forgave our sins, that would have even been enough. But he went further and any ordinance that, no ordinance, it has been ordained that you will end up like this. It's an ordinance. It has been sealed in certain circles. Including your background, your mother's background, the witches, your father. These are all ordinances that are against you. He, he, Bible says he, he erased, he blotted it out. Every handwriting of ordinance that was against you, he blotted it. Watch this. Which was contrary to us. That means that this thing is not favoring your destiny. There are things that are not, watch this, uh uh-oh. There are things that are not favoring your destiny, but they have been signed into handwriting, into law. It's contrary to you. It's contrary to, I'm talking in the spirit. In the spirit, some things have been signed that you, you will never get married. You will never do well. Things have been signed that you will die young. Things have been signed that you will have cancer. There are things that have been signed in the realm of the spirit that you have diabetes. You will never be healed. It has been signed. But thank me to God. Once you have forgiveness of sins, the others are also coming. If I were you, I would shout, Thank you, Jesus. Let me finish. And he 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 that he, he blotted those handwritings that were contrary to us. And he said, This thing is in my way. He took it out of the way. He didn't just take it out of the way. He took it to the cross. So when he was on the cross, they were nailing him, but it was the handwritings and the ordinance that were the new. And he nailed it to where? 
not the cross. The cross he hung on, not the one in your neck. The one. Ah, <laughs> uh, he he nailed handwritings that were contrary to you. He nailed them to the to his cross. Does it make sense when Paul said, "Forbid it that I should boast." Except in the cross. Ah, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Yes, Lord. If you understand what the cross means, you will definitely be praiseful to Jesus. change the lyrics of the song in heaven. Thank you for the cross. After what I've explained, what don't you understand about this statement? You see, we sing songs that we don't know the meaning. Because we have actually not been taught or we are not proper Christians. This is where Christianity starts. It starts with forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah! That's what... That, you are not a Christian if your sins are not forgiven. You are not a Christian if you are not justified. Bible said by faith we have justification. We have been redeemed from our sins. Come on. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 it says that for he shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. He came to save us from sins. Not from the devil. Ah, saved us from our sins. Now if you are actually not met Christ and haven't been taught, that's why you have to be in church to be taught to be able to say thank you for the cross. And when you say thank you for the cross, you know exactly what you mean. You used to be a bad boy, you used to be a bad girl doing things that your mother never knew you could do, your father never knew you could do, people around you never knew secret things you have done privately and bad things you have done. That God, if God was a, ma- a God who judged quickly, he would have crushed your head. But instead of God crushing your head, he had mercy on you. Wait, wait. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrated his love towards us in the, that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He, 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 if you didn't stop sinning before he died for you. His blood was speaking for you. That's why on the cross, he was still saying, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Father, cross. And when you have seen and you knew that God should crush your head, he makes Christ die for you and he reconciles you to himself by Christ. A forgiveness of sin you didn't deserve. What else can you say but thank you for the cross, Lord. Is that all? Thank you for the price you Did you see that? Pause that statement. Bearing all my sins. It's not like God said, okay, you see, God is a righteous judge. Say that God is a righteous judge. According to 2 Corinthians chapter, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he said, When God, the righteous judge, ah, God is a righteous judge. God is a righteous judge. God is a righteous judge. 
God is a righteous judge. It talks about God being a righteous that the judge of the living is dead. Um, the, uh, uh, yes, rather, verse 8. Finally, God, the righteous judge, when he shall appear. And so when someone is a righteous judge, he can look at a criminal and he says that, you know what? I like you. I love you. So good, it doesn't matter what you have done. Ah! No, you can't just acquit a criminal and still be a judge. Righteous judge. God is a righteous judge. You can't pay him out. And God looks at you and he says, go. Is that righteousness? No. So for him to forgive you, you have to pay. But what's the wages of sin? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Romans chapter 6, 23. For the wages, oh no. So then if you should pay for your sins, that means you should die. But he wants you to live. So you have to get another way of forgiving your sins and still make you live. So he says someone must pay for your sins. So Christ had to come, become a human being and died on the cross. Um, Philippians chapter 2. He humbled himself even to the death of the verse 7. He, he being found in the fashion as a man. He made himself no reputation. Took upon the and like verse 8. Being found in the fashion as a man. He humbled himself, became obedient unto death. Ah, even the death on the cross. Why should he go to the cross? He should have died a different way. No, but Bible says that curse is anyone who hangs on the tree. Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for why? Because it was written, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. He had to hang on that tree, that cross. He hanged on it. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he himself bore our sins on the tree. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, for who his own self bore our sins. So when he was on the cross, he was not just dying, he was bearing sins. So the sins that were on you, he took it upon himself. And then the righteousness that was on him, he gave it to you. So that now God can say, you are free. So he didn't just say you are free arbitrarily. You are free because God, God didn't have a choice. If he's a righteous judge, you are owing me 10,000 pounds and you couldn't pay. Your brother pays for me, pays me there. I can't hold your goose then. Because it's been paid. Whoever paid, it doesn't matter. I've been paid. So... Till on the cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. See, that's what we sing about the cross. It means everything. If you don't appreciate the cross, you haven't come through the cross, and it's likely you're not a Christian. There are people who have come to church because they just, they're so, life is too wahala. Too much problem. So they just come to church. Looks like the songs are nice. The preachers preaching is nice. Especially the churches that are only preaching encouragement. Encouragement. You are a good person. You are nice. But the things are going to wherever. So people come and they think that they are actually in church. But church is not in them. So it says that. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price you pay. Bearing all my sin and shame. In love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for the for this Lord. Thank you for the nail pierced hands. Do you understand this? See, when you are actually an actual Christian, you've been taught these things. The problem is why have churches not been teaching these things? Why are churches so our singers are not even singing these things? They are singing, I know who God says I am. But it's not bad, it's not bad. But please, that's not where it starts from. That's not where it starts from. Excuse me. Let's turn down on this, who I'm getting, who I am, and what God is doing for me. And then, and then talk, remember what the cross has done for you. And then let's challenge ourselves to also give it back to him. Yes, 
the reason why you are struggling to be dedicated to God is because you, adore, you have not yet seen how much he has done for you and you don't appreciate it. If it is easy to refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, it's easy to refuse the office of the world. It's easy to refuse that once you have in mind what God has done for you. That gratitude, he says that for 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says that for the, we, this is how we consider from verse 13. Look at verse 13. Am I teaching something at all? For whether we be, uh, whether we be beside ourselves, it's, it is, it is to God or whether, verse 14, let's go for 14. But this, so this is how we judge things. For the love of Christ constrains us. Because we thus judge. If one died for all, then all dead. Those preachers who are always saying, God loves you, God loves you. Explain the cross. The cross will explain itself once you explain the cross. The love hidden, embedded in the cross is self-explanatory, self-declaratory. If you can preach the cross, we will appreciate the love of God. But when you preach love, love to unbelievers, they think that is an endorsement for their nonsense. Sometimes, please sit down. Sometimes this overemphasis of love, love, love comes across as though it is you. You are the most important person. And God just, uh, oh, could you, could you, could you, my baby girl? Oh, could you? The God is always in heaven. You see, that's why sometimes some children become so naughty and arrogant and recalcitrant and uncontrollable. Because from the time they were two years old, mommy says, he's just a boy. He's a lady boy. Now he's in prison. Because, oh, baby, say, it's just a child. It's just a, and visitors come home, he go and slap them. He said, oh, it's a, just a child. I don't know why it's just a child. Somebody's eating in a restaurant, going over to the table. Oh, it's just a child. It's just a child. It's just a child. It's just internet. Oh, mommy loves you. Mommy loves you. Mommy loves you. Mommy is killing you. So don't, we overemphasize God loves you to people and they think life is about them. Let them know that God is angry with you. Yes, God, see, those who preach the love of God, I don't know what's wrong with them. All your message is just the love of God. It's not correct. Because God also has wrath. He has wrath. So on the cross, while Jesus died, the wrath of God. The wrath of God. The wrath of God. Romans Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God. Watch this. Watch this. Unto salvation. Verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For as it is written the just shall. Why do you stop there? Go. Now we see the righteousness of God. Go a bump, one step ahead. Verse 18. And you will see that for the wrath of God. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. God is angry about something. God is angry about sin. If you don't repent, the wrath of God is against you. Wrath of God is against you. Repent and stop telling me this is how I am. This is how I am. It's my nature. God forbid. Repent. Because some people, until you repent, every human being, the Bible said, in the past, you were children of wrath. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. said, you were then the children of wrath. The wrath of God was against verse 3. Among whom we, we all had our conversation, our lifestyle, New King James. 
We had, among we all had our conduct. Uh, we, we all once conducted ourselves in the last of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. As soon as you are born, by nature, the wrath of God is against toi. Toi, toi, you, the wrath of God. So, but when you know how much deserving you are of God's wrath, then you see the cross has brought you in. He says that he has made us accepted in the beloved. You too, you have been added to those he loves. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 and 8. By which, get in my verse 6, to, to the praise of his glory, by which he made us accepted. That's right. When you are coming to church, you, you have to come with swag. But you don't boast. God forbid that. You only boast in the cross. The cross gives me a swag. The cross gives me a swag. Why? Because I'm accepted in the beloved because of the cross. Now when you understand all these things, then like Moses, by faith you will be able to refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You refuse some things. By faith. You refuse. Look at, look at the next verse. Then I will end. What are you choosing? You are choosing Ayanapa over church. You are choosing Afro Nation over outreach. Yeah. It's a, let's go to uh, shopping house called Westfield. Let's go to Westfield and go and do outreach. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm shy. Mm-mm. Yeah. Meanwhile, the wrath of God is against you. In spite of your nice wake. In spite of your nice beard and your nice macho, the wrath of God is against you. The wrath of God is against you. When Satan physically shows up, who are you going to run to? It's about time. Forget about your pride. Forget about your preference. Because your state, you don't need to talk about preference. When somebody's in coma, would it, uh, oh, the doctor said we need to, we might have to chop this toe off to save him. We might have to do this. Say, oh, no, 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 this my shoe is Louis Vuitton. You can't take it off. You don't have a choice. You don't have an option. And you don't have a say because you are in coma. Somebody have to make decision on your behalf. That's how fragile we can be. I think somebody just, we must learn how to humble ourselves and refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and choose. He said, choosing affliction, did you see that? With the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of Egypt or the pleasures of sin. Sin. Some of the sins that you love it. That's why you're struggling. Because sin has pleasure. But it's a short-term pleasure. It's just for 10 days. Short-term. He says, so Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing. It's it's passing, you know. It's passing, it's passing. It doesn't last. It's just going, it's just going. Just going, passing. Sin has pleasure, but he says that passing pleasures, he chose suffering. Do you hear what I said? He chose suffering instead of passing pleasures. 
This is what the whole thing about. And the next verse, look at the next verse. Let me finish. He esteemed, uh, Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ. But did he ever see Christ? Yes. You can only do it for Christ when you can value the cross. He esteemed the reproach, the suffering, the shame that comes with being a proper Christian. He esteemed it more than the rich, uh, 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 he esteemed greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked for the reward. Did you see that? He knew that one day God would reward me. Said, I remember years ago, this is about 30 years ago, when I was fasting, there are times I'm fasting, I'm seeking God, and I can tell that mm, this food, but I always considered the reward ahead of me. When I catch the anointing, the reward ahead of me. There are times that I'm being tempted in a certain way, but I just wait the blessing that God will give me if I'm faithful. It gets me through because I focus on the reward. I'm going to pray for some people. I'm going to call somebody out. Who wants to be bold enough to say that I'm choosing, I'm choosing to put Christ ahead of everything in my life. I'm choosing Christ instead of crisis. I'm choosing, I'm, I'm choosing Jesus instead of justice. I'm choosing God instead of gold, instead of girls. Let that get go and let God come into your life. Let that boy go and let the boss come into your life. Make Jesus your boss. You have to decide today, like the songwriter, I have decided to follow Jesus. How many of you appreciate the cross? Refuse something because of the cross. You have to refuse. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.